Welcome to the Pattern Podcast from KXC in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see the city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them to practice every day. For this episode, Pete James went to Devon to speak to John Soper. Together with his wife Jo, they lead Exeter Network Church. Ian C have incredible stories of lives transformed by the power of the Spirit. So we were thrilled to get his thoughts on how we open ourselves up to the presence of God through fasting. Welcome to the Pattern Podcast. Uh, we're here today with John Soper down in his office in Exeter. And we're really looking forward to talking about uh, fasting. John, I know you just finished off a little sandwich just before <laughs> just before we get going. Uh, but before we get on to uh, the practice of fasting, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about what you see as the relationship between being a person who operates daily in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and someone who practices these spiritual disciplines. What do you see as the relationship between the two? Okay, well, I think they go together to... Uh, enable growth. And uh, so Dallas Willard, uh, who uh, we've often talked about before, uh, he he sees spiritual growth as happening between as a, the mysterious compound in spiritual growth is the Holy Spirit. And he works on the inside so that we grow. At the same time, we have to attend to our everyday lives and how we respond to the good and the bad in everyday lives uh, uh, helps us to grow and helps us to access more of the Holy Spirit. And that's, I suppose that that's the responsive or the reactive part of growth. You know, stuff happens and then we respond and we hope to respond more and more as Jesus would in that situation. And then the third part of spiritual growth is to do with, is a proactive thing, which is to do with habits, like planning how you're going to do some things. Uh, And as you do those things, the grace of God's going to come to you. Um, so, and it's a cooperation with the Holy Spirit by saying, well, I'm going to, in this case, fast once a week. And then, uh, then the Holy Spirit's going to, uh, come into those times because you're making space for grace in that place. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's that's an incredible vision for for the cooperation of the two things. Um, let's move on to fasting and and the specific practice of, of fasting. Can you describe what it is? I think probably there's quite a lot of myths out there and misunderstandings of what fasting is. Can you describe what it is and um, why we as Christians should be explore practicing it? Well, you know, essentially fasting is uh, abstaining or depriving yourself of food and drink in particular, uh, maybe drinking water, but, you know... Uh, not not drinking your usual pints or coffee or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, people also talk about fasting from other things that maybe they're slightly addicted to, like TV or shopping or these kinds of things. But essentially, it's around food and drink because that's a basic appetite. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, going back to Dallas Willard, he would say fasting is to help you be sweet and strong when you don't get what you want. And that's part of the how you grow um as a christian and you know there are going to be various times in your life where you don't get what you want and how to be strong how to be content how to be alert to your heavenly father when you're in a situation that would usually drive you to being grumpy and negative and blaming and that kind of thing so um that's that's kind of the effect and and as with all practices it should be a regular thing so there's there's a thing about regularity 
which uh, is essential for all kinds of practices because you're building up muscle in a particular area of your life. You're building up uh, opportunities for God to come and get you, basically, in those times that you're setting aside. Um, so, you know, something like a weekly fast, a day a week or something like that is a great um, opener in that area. Awesome. So what, what then is the relationship between fasting and, say, prayer? Well, fasting is a, is a habit of abstinence. It's of depriving yourself of something, going without something. And, uh, and so when you go without something, which is good, you know, food and drink are good, uh, but you, you, you take yourself out of that in order to get something better in order to make space for something better. So um, so you're feasting on God in a way that you would have feasted on, you know, a burger and fries. Uh, but you find that uh, feasting on God is better even than, uh, you know, some of the finest food. And so you have to, you have to make way for more. That's essentially what um, fasting is about. So prayer then is... Uh, is the opposite of abstaining. It's throwing yourself into the life of the spirit and the life of the kingdom as you uh, talk with God about what you, you know what you're going to do today, as well as worship and everything, every other aspect of prayer. So it's a, that prayer is a is a discipline or a habit of uh, participation in the life of the kingdom. So putting those two things together, you're getting rid of something in your life and you're taking something on in your life, pulling out something that's good but it's normal and uh and making space for something that is even better and uh maybe a little unusual okay um john really interesting stuff you often see in the bible and i think in in general uh life that people um come across a situation that they want to see change in so either something awful that's happening um that they don't want to happen or something an opportunity they want to see breakthrough in and they'll fast for it they'll fast for healing or they'll mm-hmm. fast for breakthrough in a certain area of of life what, what's that all about what what's what's the relationship of fasting to that Okay, well, is it, uh, it's different to the habit of fasting. So the habit of fasting is the regular fasting that you do. This is, this is um, uh, intentional uh, block of fasting or something to, to have a go at something, you know. So if you're, if you're wanting to particularly pray into, uh, you know, you need intervention from God or change or whatever. And uh, so um, one thing it's about is about uh, focus and intensity in prayer. So as you, as you fast... Uh, it helps, you know, it just literally helps you to say, okay, this is the thing that I'm really doing. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time when I would have been eating, say, uh, and uh, and I'm going to um, consecrate myself so that I, I can grow in power in prayer. So I think there is a, there's, there's a relationship to giving time to it, giving a focus to it. I think there's also an, a power boost that comes when you... Um, when you cause something in you to, uh, you know, to deprive yourself of something so that uh, more of God's power can come to you and then you can pray with greater power and you can intercede with greater power. I think also if you're particularly praying for um, a particular thing where people are going without, like you're interceding for another group of people and they are, they're, not in good shape in whatever way, there's some kind of um, sympathetic uh, symbolism going on there as you 
go without in order to pray for people who are also going without and you're standing alongside in solidarity. That's a particular thing to do with intercession, I think. So, John, in today's culture, I think when we look around ourselves, we see that most of our needs are met all of the time. It's a fairly instantaneous consumerist culture. Um, what, what's the, why, why is the practice of fasting radical in that particular world? Well, I guess in the culture, there is a crisis of um, appetites and there's a crisis uh, in how, what we do with our bodies. And, uh, and they're obviously highly related to one another. Um, so, you know, the satisfi- satisfying of our own appetites is a, a huge part of what it means to be part of our culture. And, and identifying ourselves as consumers is clearly a, 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 it's kind of who we are in this particular Western culture at this time. So, so fasting, it, you know, counters that comes at it completely in, from the opposite direction, that if we were to do without in some way for a greater purpose, for delayed gratification even, you know, just in psychological terms as well as in spiritual terms, uh, then um, we are, you know, we're, we're stepping apart from the culture in order to be filled with heaven's culture, if you see what I mean, um, and to become much more resistant to... Uh, the way the culture is to have, uh, you know, antibodies from heaven from the particular sickness that we find our own culture in. So, uh, so it's a very radical. It's completely against that uh, part of our culture, um, and going without and um, being uh, depriving yourself, denying yourself is not, these days is not only seen as. Um, strange but actually would be seen as completely wrong you know why would you deny yourself that's a that's a wrong attitude um but but fasting is playing a longer game than that uh, than immediate gratification amazing so we touched on it slightly there but um what I suppose I'm interested in what 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 effect does a regular practice of fasting have on us? Mm-hmm. Um, these 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 um, disciplines always have an inward thing that that they shape us somehow, but there's also an outward element to them, and they shape the world around us. Yeah. What would you say a regular practice of fasting has to shape us, and then how does it shape the world around us? Well, it might shape you physically, <laughs> uh, depending how much fasting you do. Uh, it also, uh, you know, it, sh- uh, it shapes us in strength. So. Uh, and and changes us internally in ways that we may not expect. So this is slightly different from fasting, but it's still a, it's still a habit of abstinence. I remember I spent time, uh, three hours every Thursday night of the week in solitude in a friend's attic where there was nothing there at all. And I would, I would deprive myself of people, of things to do, of, you know, phones or whatever and everything else just to be with God for those three hours. And I was advised to do not less than three hours because I wouldn't get the necessary intensity. And I really went a bit nuts regularly for about two hours. And then after that, I suddenly realised that Jesus was close by and that hour would go very quickly. Mm. And there's something in when we abstain where we just make that space for God and then God do, we do what we can do and then God does in us the things that we can't do for ourselves. And I've found that regular practice of abstaining just changed my heart. I found that uh, after a month or two of doing that every week, I was thinking I have become so much more compassionate. I didn't even mean to, I didn't ask for it, but because I opened up 
some space for God to come and get hold of me. He did in ways that I didn't anticipate. And that would be true of fasting as well. If you get into that in a regular thing, you suddenly find your heart changed around things. You, you have a perception in prayer, hearing God's voice becomes stronger. And uh, weirdly, almost the less you eat, the stronger you feel as you make your way through it. To start with, it's pretty hellish, but as you get used to it. But once you get used to it, um, you suddenly start to feel that you are actually strong and standing on the rock and uh, that you know, uh, you know, as Alan Scott would say, you know who you are, you know what you carry, and uh, you're confident in the world. So, uh, around, you know, as you weaken yourself with food, you actually become stronger. That's that's the internal thing. The external thing, uh, I think you just have extra power to see answers to your prayers. So you do see things change around you, as, particularly if you're not taking in food and you're engaging in intercession in particular. Um, uh, I think you, uh, I think most of the change is in you, but you also see the world differently. And so then you start to act in the world differently. And then that becomes a change around you. Um, I think those are the two particular things, I suppose. And it's a prophetic action into the culture, uh, which people may or may not receive because they go, what? You're doing that? That's strange. Although, weirdly, fasting has become a bit more current in terms of uh, weight loss programs. People have sort of stumbled upon that and think that's, you know, and that's a that's a start, but it's not what the Bible's talking about when it's talking about fasting. John, that's, that's a brilliant and compelling vision for how fasting might shape us and, and shape the, round, uh, the world around us. Um, thinking particularly about Jesus and the scriptures, where, where do you see this in the life of Jesus? Uh, and are there any great examples in the scriptures where you see the power of, or, of, of fasting outworking? Well, uh, when Jesus begins his ministry and goes into the desert, he goes into the desert for 40 days and he fasts for 40 days and he experiences uh, temptation from Satan. And uh, Luke is very clear that he, sa- he says that Jesus, um, full of the Holy Spirit, having been baptised, uh, goes into the desert and is tempted by the devil, and then he returns 40 days later in the power of the Spirit. And it's no mistake that there is a, a power surge in Jesus as he spends those 40 days fasting. That's what I mean by, you know, as you become weaker, you also become stronger. And that's what happens with Jesus. So Jesus is at his moment of greatest strength at the end of his 40 days. And I think in the scriptures that's where it says the devil, at the end, the devil comes to tempt him. Unfortunately for the devil, he comes to tempt Jesus at his strongest point, which is when he hasn't eaten anything for 40 days. So um, that's him setting himself up for ministry. And a long fast can be a very uh, important thing to do once you're a bit more practiced at getting off the ground. Um, Jesus also, when he talks about various uh, habits and practices that uh, people should you know, that he expects that we should be doing is he, he is at one point he says, you know, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. And he just assumes that followers of Jesus are going to be fasting because it's so uh, beneficial for growing strong in God. Um, and uh, his concern there was because fasting was um, really uh, popular amongst the very religious types, but they did it for show. He wanted to say, uh, you know, when you fast, top tips are you know, make it look like you're not fasting. Uh, because if you make it look like you're fasting, 
then everyone will, be, you know, religious people will applaud you and that will be your only reward. Whereas if you fast in secret and you actually wash your face and look and smell nice, then everyone, uh, no one will know you're fasting except your Father in heaven who will reward you. So uh, there's clearly a sense of, if we do this right, there's immense reward from my Heavenly Father. There's uh, the strengthening that he brings. So those are two particular things in the life of Jesus. And it was clear it was a regular part of Jesus' practice to fast. And he assumed everybody else would do it as well. Okay, well, help us do that then. What's the first step? Someone's listening to this, they're thinking about uh, starting to practice fasting. How should they start? They start with 40 days. Uh, <laughs> do they, what do they, how, do, how do we get going on this? Well, starting... Uh, Start as you can. So uh, there, you may have some particular health issues or something like that. And if you're going to fast, say, for 24 hours every week, supper to supper or something like that, and that might be a good way to, for some people to get in, you might want to consult your doctor first and just say, this is the thing that I want to do. What do you think? And take their advice. Um, if you're going to start and, you know, you're in uh, you know, good enough shape to do that, then... Um, then I would suggest uh, yeah, f- uh, fasting from the end of supper on one day to supper the next day. And so you miss a couple of meals, but essentially you're fasting for about 24 hours. And that's long enough to, to make you feel like uh, you may not be as sweet and strong as you thought. And, uh, and you start to work out, oh, this isn't really as fun as I thought. Um, but what I would then do is that uh, and do before that first day is is to plan uh, at least about six weeks of doing this and give it a fair wind so that you kind of think that um, you can look back and see what God might have done. You, and you're obviously not fasting to get better at fasting. You're fasting to make space for Jesus. But you will also get more experienced at fasting the more you do it and it will become easier and you'll be able to do longer uh, as and when. Another top tip I would say is when you're doing it, uh, write stuff down. You know, you may not be used to journaling, but uh, it's easy to forget partly how you felt uh, by four o'clock the next day and you're thinking, I'm desperate for food uh, and I can't even pray. Um, but also note down the things that God has said to you during those times, uh, things you've been aware of and that kind of thing. Um so, and then look back at that at the end of six weeks and see, and just see what God's done. Um, if you live in a family or you're married to someone or you have particular work arrangements or something, you if you're going to fast on particular days, you're going to have to negotiate with close friends or family because, you know, what normally happens is you make a plan and then someone says, oh, there's lunch on Wednesday and I'm thinking, I'm fasting on Wednesday. But then decide to go to lunch anyway or whatever. <laughs> so you have to do a little bit of negotiating because you're probably not a hermit and you can, uh, and also you can get support from people and they will help you and hopefully not tempt you. That'd be a nice thing. Um, so one last top tip would be that to remember in all these things, particularly something like fasting, which can be hard work to start with, um, is uh, to remember that you are, as St. Paul puts it, training yourself to be godly. And uh, you're, you're making your body your servant so that you can serve Jesus. And, um, uh, but if you, if you start fasting 
and you wander past the fridge and it's too painful and you start eating again, then uh, that is not sin. Some people get worried that if they've said they're going to do it for 24 hours and then they break halfway through, uh, that somehow they've offended God. No, you have to see it as a training program so that you all it does is it gives you some self-reflection on how how far you can go. So next time you could just take yourself a little bit further and stretch yourself. Um, and some people are hopelessly over-optimistic, you know, for their first fast and find themselves, uh, you know, really sad because they didn't make the long fast that they had planned. So just make sure that you see it as training rather than, um, you know, some kind of achievement. You're just simply training yourself to open yourself up to Jesus more and then adjust your training program as you go along. And uh, the two things that you can fall into as you do these things is one is if you actually achieve all you did, you become quite smug and uh, that nobody likes a smug person. And uh, the second thing is if you, as it were, don't reach what you had planned to do, you feel guilty. Well, both smugness and guilt are just entirely inappropriate responses to either achieving what you want to do or not achieving what you want to do because you wouldn't do that with a training program and that's exactly what this is so train yourself to be more like jesus john that's been incredibly helpful and inspiring thank you very much thank you for listening to the pattern podcast if you'd like to explore more spiritual patterns of living head over to pattern.org.uk